Today's podcast is brought to you by Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So look, just for being a listener to today's podcast, what we're going to do is give you a free trial. All you got to do is go to Lander.com, that's L-A-N-D-R.com, slash promo, slash S-O-D-D. You go there, you're going to get two free MP3s of your master. Uh, check it out, let me know what you think. Matter of fact, tweet me and tweet Lander and let us know what you think about uh, the free trial. Love to hear from you. So first off, Happy New Year. It's 2016. Um, we're fresh off of the best of uh, 2005 episode of the Straight Out the Den podcast. You guys seem to enjoy it. We got a lot of feedback, um, a lot of new subscribers off of that uh, best of uh, episode. So we definitely appreciate that and thank you for listening. Uh, so for those that are new to the podcast, um, I'd like to say um Hey, welcome to the Straight Out the Damn podcast. Um, we're going to have some exciting things going on for 2016. And I know people say all of that stuff at the beginning of the year, but uh, we definitely promise to, to give you some some new and exciting things. Um, there will be uh, guests in between, um, as we always do um, today. Uh, there may or may not be a guest. I don't know yet. We're going to we're going to wait and see on that. Um, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of, you know, get you guys up to speed with what's going on. So like I said before, we, we had that best of podcast, which was a lot of work. Um, and on the last episode, if you listen all the way through, you guys heard me express the need for interns. So uh, once again, you know, if you do want to be an intern, we did receive a couple of emails um, and some resumes. So I am going through those. Um, I do want to make sure that I extend that invitation out to someone who may have not heard the last episode. So if you are interested in being a uh, an intern, um, send your resume to interns at straightoutthedin.com. Um, it's a very simple process. I would like your resume. And um, if you have some references, uh, feel free to include those on the resume. I, I want to see some samples of your work and just want to see, you know, exactly what you have going on. This is a very, um, I'm very critical about who I add to the team. So, um, yes, there will be a screening process and all that. So if, you, if you're not willing to go through that, by all means, don't, um, you know, apply. But um, for those that are willing to go through that and really want to get some experience under your belt and also you don't have to be in the Atlanta area. I do want to put that caveat out there. Like you don't have to be based in Atlanta. You can be from wherever. Um, we do have virtual interns. Um set up in place to you'll have something going on that that'll be worth your while so uh don't let that hinder you from you know wanting to uh be an intern with straight out the den so uh once again send that email to interns at straight out the den um dot com i'd love to hear from you and um yeah so like i said um i want to kick off this year um in a little bit of, of a different way, it, it, this this podcast actually kind of came, um, or at least the topic for this week kind of came out of nowhere. Um, those that follow me on social media know that every now and then I'll just kind of throw um, some random stuff that may come to mind um, out there. And uh, one thing that I said um, that really I was actually listening to um, one of the Dreamville's uh, artists cause his latest project. And he had a couple of lines on there that really, you know, stuck with me. And he was just talking about really talking about his finances and saying, like, you know, um, I know I'm going to misquote you, dude. So uh, please forgive me. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, he was just saying that 
you know, this is the perception is that we're all of us are rich. And it's like the reality is that, you know, most of us are really just now making a little money. Like um, he used something about going out on the road and, you know, being on the road and people think that because you're signing J. Cole that you have, you know, X amount of dollars. And the truth is, it's like, man, we're out here hungry, just like you are um, at home. And so that uh, one thing alone really made me, um, you know, it, it, it gave me some some bit of thought and I wanted to kind of put something out there. And, and what I said on, on my um, Twitter and, and Facebook, I was like, man, I swear the public's perception on rappers finances are skewed. You know, if you only knew, like most of you guys are, are well off compared to them and the grass is not always green over there. You know, they have the fame and debt, you know, and so that that started a conversation um and, and you know some people for the most part people agreed with what i was saying and um you know some people were saying like hey maybe you should make this a podcast topic and i thought about that and i definitely wanted to and i was just trying to figure out what is the best way to make that a, a podcast topic without being you know um overly opinionated if, if i was to say and you know try to give you guys uh, really have an objective conversation on it um and, you know, just try to figure out how to really present that. And so I really thought about, um, you know, I went through a couple of different titles. I thought about, you know, rapper myths and um, how you can avoid them. I, I thought about, you know, um, you know, the importance of finances. And, and so really, I, I'm still currently recording this podcast and really trying to think of a title to be completely honest and transparent with you. But the, the basis of it will be to kind of expose some of those myths and um, and really talk about finances a little bit um, in, in the process. And so the number one thing that I really want you to, to, to at least gather and learn from this week's podcast is just to know, like, don't get caught up in the hype. You know, a lot of times it does seem like, you know, especially if you come from a certain era, you know, like if you grew up kind of when I was growing up, I'm, I'm 31 right now. And so I've seen a couple of different eras of hip hop. I, I was around when there was really a lot of money um, in the music industry and hip hop um, in particular, you know, back when people were really selling records like you had uh, Nelly doing um, going diamond. Eminem was selling out the woodworks. Um, Jay-Z, of course, was selling records. Everybody was pretty much selling records records i put it like this it was a time when if you didn't go gold you were considered a serious flop and, and i'll just I, I pause you know for a dramatic effect because going gold now is almost like you know unless you're adele going gold is really the goal you know you're just trying to get their gold it's almost a new platinum and really it's almost like the new double platinum to be honest with you uh first out first week album sales or you know you have artists that have major budgets in place and they're moving you know, between 40 and 60,000 records, and that's considered a success. Um, so, you know, things have definitely changed from, um, I, I, I guess you can say, the norm of when we or uh, people in my age group, you know, remember. Um, but I really don't want that to discourage you. But I did want to kind of set that up so you can have some type of context to this conversation. So um, during that time period, a lot of times people would see uh, rappers, uh, you know, they have all the nice jewelry and they have, you know, when the cribs, um, MTV used to do cribs and you would see like their homes and everything is lavish. And there are so many cars in the driveway and all of these things. Um, and, and somewhere along the line, the entertainment and reality um 
it, it got things got blurred, you know, um, it was hard to tell what was entertainment, what was, you know, for the camera and um, what was reality. And also in that line of, of being blurred, you know, the public, the, the, the public's perception changed. They thought like, man, these guys are famous. You know, they have all this. They have all the luxury and the money and all of these things. And, you know, it really isn't always true. You know, now, now don't get me wrong. There are some very successful people in the music industry, right? Um, this is not a, a bashing podcast, uh, by no means, but it's really, I just want to let people know, uh, the truth about what's going on. Um, and, in the music industry, especially, um, when it comes to finances. So you've heard the, the horror stories, um, you know, the, the, rappers that had all of the success and you know lost everything like you know just for example you, you know dmx you've heard his story um you've heard about young buck at, at one point in time and um even suge knight and you know the list kind of goes on and on scott storch you, you've heard about these people that had you know so much success in the music industry and then at some point um they just clearly didn't have anything. They owed a lot of money to different creditors and, and things of that nature. So that really brings me to my first point when I want to talk about finances and, and kind of exposing these myths um, that are going on in the music industry. Um, number one, you have to pay taxes. And um, a lot of times taxes are forgotten about for whatever reason. Uh, one of the main reasons is you have to think about it like this, right? If you're if you're an artist, whether you're an artist that was around 10 or 15 years ago or you're an artist that is around now, um, one thing that is very consistent is the bulk of your income will come from uh, doing shows, right? You, you know, people are not selling records as much as they used to. So the, the bulk of the money that you will get will be from performing, right? And so what happens when you perform, there's a, that, um, and we, we had a podcast about this, so you definitely can go back in the archives and kind of, um, take a look at that podcast. But the thing about performing, there's front end money and there's back end money, right? And so your front end money is essentially the the, the money that you would get to show up to the venue and, and kind of just think of it as a down payment or a deposit just to make sure like, hey, we want to lock you in for this date. Hey, we, we want you here at this venue, August 13th. Um, here's 50% up front just to guarantee that you don't lock in another date. Um, we'll have everything set up the way you want it to. This is this is here. This is where we want you to be, right? Um, and then what will happen and what should happen is once you get to that venue, um, now <laughs> I will tell you this. I would, in in my very best case, try to get that money before you get to the venue. As a matter of fact, don't show up to the venue until you get your back end money. But what will happen sometimes is, you know, you'll have these promoters that will uh, tell you like, hey, once you get to the venue, you'll get your back end money. Um, by all means, I will say this. Do not perform unless you get that back end money. Because and the reason why I say this, if, if you don't, um, if you do go out there and perform, yes, you are going to satisfy the fans. And I get that they they do have to suffer for bad business. But what will happen is you'll start to get a reputation of being that person that you can be pushed over. And you don't want that because it will continue to happen over and over and over again. And you'll figure out like, hey, why am I waiting to get my money? So, you know, try to get your money up front. You know, so you, like I said, you get that front end money just to kind of book the date and hold the date and make sure that you are indeed where you're supposed to be. The uh, second thing is you once you get to that venue or preferably a week or so before that, um, the date of the event, you'll get that back end money. But as I'm talking about this, this money that you get for shows um, for one specific reason, 
and that's taxes. Um, yeah, it, you're getting in most cases, you're probably going to get cash. That that front end check may be done in some type of track tracking uh, way to track that payment. So they may, you know, wire that to you or it may even be in um, in a check or something like that. PayPal or whatever you're, you're working with. But um more than likely that back end money is going to come in a, in a bag, you know, a brown, a brown paper bag. You're going to get that at the venue. It's going to be cash. So what most people do um, in that are in that position, they look at that as their play money. They're going to put that in. There's no true accounting of that income that came in. And in a sense, it's kind of, you know, off the books. There's no record of it. It's cash, you know, and, and, uh, no promoter out there more than likely is going to give you a receipt, um, for that cash money like that. Right. So you, you just have cash on hand and, and whether that's, you know, $500 or all the way up to $5,000, you know, I'm speaking in real, real life numbers right now. Um, it's going to be cash and, and you're not going to account for it. And when you don't account for it, there's no way for you to handle taxes. Right. So, um, just a quick example, say, Right now, and I'm being realistic, you're making anywhere between 50 and to $100,000. Let's say you are a successful um, rapper that is doing shows, right? Well, that's going to put you in probably the 35 to 40% tax bracket and might even push you to, you know, 45% or whatever. Um, but for the sake of this example, let's just cut it even at, at 40, um, 35%, excuse me. So, what you should be doing is is whenever you get any cash or any payment, um, whether it is um, and, and here's one thing that's very clear right here. Right. As a rapper, um, you are a W-9 employee, meaning that you won't have a W-2. There's no taxes taken out of anything that you're going to get um, in in most cases you will be receiving either cash or you're going to be receiving something that hasn't been taxed, which means you will have to take care of the taxes yourself. So. What you should be doing is every check that you get, you need to be putting away money um, for taxes. And I would suggest doing 35 to 40 percent. Um, and I know that sounds very extreme and you're like, man, I'm barely out here making money. But if you're doing your business the right way, then guarantee you're going to owe money at the end of the year. Right. And so if you're not saving any money or putting any money away for your taxes, then you're going to end up owing um, and if you end up owing, that cycle is going to continue, continue, continue. And even if you're a big artist and you're getting bigger checks, you're going to owe more taxes. And if you don't get in the routine of saving for your taxes now at a smaller level, um, you won't be able to do it um, when you're at a bigger level. Uh, so, you know, any check you get. So if you're, you're getting ten thousand dollars, then you want to go ahead and put put thirty five hundred away, put it in. um you know, and in, in, in your account um, and don't touch it. You got to have some discipline there save that money, put that money aside to taxes. So in worst case scenario, if you do have a tax bill that comes up, you have money set to the side to handle that. You don't have to um, come around and try to figure out, well, man, how am I going to pay this bill when I was basically living check to check? Right. So that's the one thing. Taxes is so important. It is the number one. Well, I won't say number one, but it is up there in the top reasons why most rappers will go broke. They forget completely forget about taxes. Right. So that, that's number one. Make sure you're saving 35 percent on every um, every every transaction that you get. I don't care big or small. You need to be putting away 35 percent to to account for taxes. And as your bracket gets bigger, then you're going to have to start, you know, putting back a little bit more than 35 percent. So. The number two 
thing that happens um and that myth that that we're seeing out here right now while rappers or even just anybody in the music industry why they tend to go broke um it's overspending right you're spending money um that you literally do not have and so how does this happen right so Say that you you've made that we're going to stick with that hundred thousand dollars. You made that hundred thousand dollars for the year. Right. Well, anybody that's rapping know that there's no such thing as consistent income um, in the music industry. You might get a lump sum here and you might get, you know, a couple of spot checks here. Um, and then you might have to wait a couple of weeks and get another check and you might have to wait a month and get another check, you know, placements and things of that nature. All of these things seem to happen. Right. So there's no consistent income. So. What tends to happen is you get a nice check and you go spend. Well, you definitely didn't do the first thing was put some of that money away for taxes. But now you've actually went out there and spent, you know, an outrageous amount of money because you didn't live under your means. You're a rapper. You you are, you know, you're on TV. You're getting that buzz. Everything is moving for you and you're completely forgetting about, oh, man, um, I don't know when my next check is coming. I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. You know what I mean? So um, you got to think about those things. So if you got a nice check, say you you made that $100,000 for the year, but you've actually went out and you got a home that you can't afford off of a $100,000 a year salary. You went and bought, you know, a million dollar home. It makes absolutely no sense. Not at, not at this stage in the game. I mean, you're looking at a million dollar home and you got a 30 year mortgage on that million dollar home. And so now you're looking at uh, that house is probably going to run you somewhere um, uh, easily over two million dollars, probably close to to three million after the 30 years if, if you pan on it. Um, so you look at it just like that. That's it's a bad investment, right? You come out better staying in an apartment, saving up some money, and, and then going and pay cash for your home if you want to do that, or if you're not at the route and your 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 income is not coming in like that to pay cash for a home, then um, have enough for a huge down payment and go and get a home for, you know, make sure you get a 15-year mortgage on your home. Um, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, that, that, that number two thing that you have to remember is just overspending. It's so easy to overspend. For one, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? So you're looking on TV, you're seeing what every other rapper is doing. You see all the success that they quote unquote have. You see all the gold and you see all the jewelry and you see all of the, the cars and things of that nature. And you think like, oh man, I'm I'm doing pretty good right now myself. Maybe I should go out and do the same thing. So you go out and buy, you know, $2,000 in, in jewelry one day. You go out and have a nice little shopping spree of, you know, um, another 3000 on a shopping spree. You go out and buy a car. Um, and, and we're talking about a modest car. You go out and buy a car for like 35, 40 grand. And, um, all of these things start to add up. And then you realize like, oh man, like I didn't get paid anything this month. Like I really didn't, you know, I'm waiting on checks to come in and you start getting in the cycle of trying to figure out like, well, how do I, how do I make this work? And then you start a cycle of, playing catch up. So you've already worked so hard up front to get into the music business. Um, You've worked extensively trying to just make your songs and and get the attention of your fans. And now you finally have the attention of your fans. And now you're living a lie. You're going out there and you're trying to keep up with everyone else, not knowing that those same people you're trying to keep up with really uh, may not have it, you know. Um, and, And so 
you got to keep those things in mind. Like it's not even about keeping up with the Joneses type thing, but you really have to have the mentality of, hey, this is going to be my career. Right. And so I kind of look at rap and, and, and music um, I kind of look at it like sports a lot, right? So let's just say, for example, I, I won't use football because football is a sport where there's not that long of a lifespan in it. So I look at a sport like basketball, right? So in basketball, the average person is in the league for maybe six to eight years. And so you figure six to eight years of income. And if you're not doing anything with that income, you're you're hoping that six to eight years of your life of playing a professional sport will last you a lifetime. So say you, you know, you're, you're above average, um, NBA athlete and you making, um, let's just say $3 million a year, right? So you've played for eight years at $3 million a year. That's $24 million. So you got to make $24 million last for a lifetime. Well, let's go ahead and cut that completely in half because you got taxes. And at that point, you're definitely in a higher tax bracket, almost about uh, 50%, maybe 48.5 or something like that. So just cut that number in half. So now you're playing with 12 million. So you got $12 million to last you for whatever lifetime. And you're not investing. You're not doing anything. You're just trying to live off that money. And so just think about it. How long will you last in at in eight years in the league you're probably at best maybe uh maybe 32 so anywhere between 30 and 32 maybe you're my age right and you're retiring and you have 12 million 12 million dollars to live with for the duration of your life and if the average person is living for uh let's just cut it off at 70 so you got another 40 years to live off 12 million and as you can see what I'm doing here, I'm just really showing you how these numbers really add up to be little next to nothing. Um, and the same thing is with rap. Right. But the only difference is that the amount of money that you're making is probably going to be significantly smaller chunk than what you would be making in the NBA. Right. Just being realistic. There is only a handful of people that, you know, really go out there and make that. And it's not to deter you from saying that you can't do it. You absolutely can if you go out there and work hard for it. But the reality of the situation is there's only going to be a handful of Diddy's and, and Jay-Z's um, every year, right? Uh, your goal is to get there. And the only way that you're going to get there is to make smart moves up front um, so you don't have to pay for them later on. Learn from everyone else's mistakes so you don't have to make those same mistakes yourself, right? That's that's the that's the goal. So um, number one, taxes. Number two, overspending. Um, number three thing, which I'll say will be the, the last thing is, um, and I kind of briefly mentioned it um, earlier on, but not investing, right? So you're making, even if you're at a point where you're really making, you know, some serious money, right? Uh, the, the person that I'm going to use for this example is a rapper like 2 Chains, right? Because I think he's one of the smarter um rappers and, and business people in the game right now right and and from just from a um a realistic level so you have somebody like two chains who came in the industry he's been in the industry for a while he came in with dtp um you know him as titty boy with player circle um they they definitely had a buzz at one point with a record that with lil wayne duffel bad boys that was moving um and some at some period of time after that people stopped hearing from him. They didn't know where he was. Um, you, you know, it, it was just like, okay, what happened to Titty Boy type thing, right? So in the midst of that, he came up with a plan like, hey, I got to get back hot in these streets. So he started to do mixtapes and he had very creative ways 
of doing his mixtapes and at some point you know the name change came and he completely shifted and and created a another persona um in in this industry and almost created like a new person in a sense right so i'll never forget he had a a mixtape i think it was uh the codeine cowboy uh mixtape that he had and at the time he literally went in and was selling styrofoam cups with Cody and Cowboy on it. And I thought that was genius because not only was that serious promo for his projects, but it also showed that he was being smart and using his brand and what, you know, the people, the culture was all on, you know, in the lean and the double cup and all of that. I won't go into that, but you know, that's what the culture was really into. So he used that to his advantage. And then he went on and, you know, said like, Hey, the mixtapes are free, but you got to buy the cups, the cups, you know, you buy your cups, you'll get the mixtape free. Well, he was figuring out ways he was doing direct to consumer and he figured out a way to like make himself pop, but also use social media and, and things of this nature to his advantage. Right. And you look at this, he, he became a very successful rapper. He put out a couple of successful projects and then, you know, for all intents and purposes, like he slowly went on a decline. Right. And so just when you thought that, oh, man, two chains, he's so hot. Everybody knows who he is. And like where, what happened to him? Well, he was still moving in the background. You know, us that are here in Atlanta knows that um, he was always kind of doing something here. But, you know, the general public didn't realize that it was going on. He definitely invested in real estate, own, owns a couple of buildings and still use those buildings to his advantage now. But the other thing that he did was like, hey, you know something? And, and it just happened um, a couple of weeks ago. It was holiday time. Everybody's dabbing right now. Right. It's holiday time. You know, Santa Claus. OK, let's put an idea together and make this work for me. And he flipped that whole dabbing Santa um, ugly sweater contest thing, made a business into it. And now he's, he sold that merchant made $2 million, right? So that's just very smart investing, right? It's, it's all about, hey, realizing that you're not going to be able to rap forever. So you got to take advantage of what you can, why you can, you know, why you're hot, why you're in the public eye, why everybody's seeing you and you, you have everyone's attention. Leverage that to invest in some other things so you can make your money work for you while you're not working, if that makes any sense. So, um, those are the things, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it seems like it's hard, but it's really some simple things. Number one, just hold that money back for your taxes, 35% to start. Just hold it, put it to the side. Don't try to, you know, go and do too much. Number two, definitely stop keeping up with the Joneses trying to overspend. You don't need to overspend. Keep that money in, in your pocket and, you know, live beyond, you know, below your means, excuse me. Um, and, you know, try to figure things out. And, and number three, you got to invest. Learn to invest in, in, in not only yourself, but in other companies, even if it's small investments, you know what I mean? And, and small investments can lead to big capital if you do it in a smart way, you know, and be very strategic. So um, that that's really it. I, I didn't want to go and talk too long on the subject. Um, I was going to give you a very short one this week. Uh, we are going to uh, try to take a few questions um, that we have here um, from the people and include those on the back end of this podcast. But in the meantime, I, I did want to let you guys know about um, Lander once again. Um, 
they are based in Montreal, Canada, and they are the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service. So go to lander.com slash promo. That's L-A-N-D-R dot com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Go there and get the free trial. Hey, it's a gift from us to you. Um, and just let us know what you think about it. We'll love to hear your feedback on, on everything that's going on over there at Lander. So, yeah, like I was saying, um, wanted to make sure that we got a few questions in before we ended this week's podcast so uh with that being said i'm gonna go to the uh, go to my instagram twitter see what we got here um shout, shouts to gospel lee he actually just won um best album of the year indie album of the year on the site uh so definitely shouts to him with his brilliant album y'all check it out when you get a chance uh but he asked a couple of questions um i'll pick two of them uh, the first one says, does K-Dot have it locked up for the Grammys? What does it mean for HH if he um, clean sweep? Um, I don't know who is eight. What's HH? I'm, I'm lost on that. But, uh, oh, I guess for hip hop, what does it mean for hip hop if he uh, clean sweeps? Well, I, I honestly don't think he's going to clean sweep. He's nominated for 11 uh, Grammys. Um, so the chances of him cleaning house would be, uh, I definitely wouldn't see that coming. I, I doubt it. I do think that he's going to take, um, quite a few home. I think he may end up with like four, maybe five. Um, if he's lucky, um, I, I'm hoping that he takes home album of the year. If he takes home album of the year, it will kind of, you know, be great for hip hop. It'll definitely show a shift, um, showing that, you know, hip hop artists can definitely make a great album that appeals to the masses and just not, um, just hip hop, you know, audience, um, so to to fully answer, I don't think he has it locked up for the Grammys. I do think that he's going to take home, um, you know, around four or five um, awards. So that's that's pretty good out of 11 uh, Grammys. But I, I don't want him to win just rap album of the year. I really would like for him to win the um, album of the year. I think that'll be definitely dope. Um, more ways to uh, he gospel Lee also asked and his um, Twitter is at gospel Lee uh, G-O-S-P-E-L-L-E-E um, on Twitter Instagram and I believe uh, Facebook as well but um, he wants to know more ways that you can extend the life of an album um, unconventional way um, or ads or anything like that so uh, just something very quick because I do think that that's actually um, a great idea for a podcast and I would rather uh, spend more time with that question on a full podcast. Um, what I will say is probably the best way to stay in the life is of an album. You have to be creative, right? Um, I, I mentioned some things earlier on, um, on, um, a podcast in the past and I can't remember the, the exact title, but, um, what I said was that you should, kind of plan this prior to putting out the album a lot of times people generate the music they put a project out and then they try to think of the marketing plan i, I suggest that you actually uh think of the marketing plan around the time while you're doing the music if you could um and really try to have that plan in place before you even drop any music and i think that'll be the best way that you can really um extend the life of an album because you can kind of plan that out uh but you know saying that you've already done that and you're trying to really extend it out a little bit further than what you have i would always say um, if you haven't shot a visual um for every song on it i would definitely think about that um, you can always give an album a new life um with a new video a new visual so um if it's a, a song that 
um, you know, may have been a, one of the least favorite on, on the album. Maybe if you gave that, that song a visual, um, it would give it new life and people look at it in a different way. Uh, so I would say definitely start with the visuals. Um, something else that you can do is just think of creative ways. Um, you, you have to think that a song or an album is new to somebody that hasn't heard it. So you may want to think about going to new markets and, and approaching um, new markets with your music. So, uh, for example, Gospel Lee is located in the um, Arizona area. So um, maybe if you, you, you know, you have to get out of Arizona, you know, maybe go to um, surrounding B and C markets in those places and, and get the music heard that way. Um, I would definitely say that visuals and actually going out on the road touring is probably going to be the the easiest way to extend the life of an album especially on a minimal budget um of course there are some other things that you can do by actually going and hiring a pr um, person um, that's going to be a little more costly depending on the expertise of that pr um, you will have to spend a heavy penny uh, to really you know get get the ball rolling that way so um Cost-effective ways, I would say shoot more visuals and actually go out on the road. Maybe go to some different venues that you haven't been to before. Maybe go into some markets that are not familiar with your music or may not even um, be your quote-unquote um, audience. You may have to go to maybe a rock show or something like that and try to stand out that way. Maybe that'll be a little more helpful for you. But if you do have a budget in place, I would um, definitely approach a PR person, a publicist, and see if they can help out. Uh, but I do want to stress that they can be pricey. And and when I say PR, I'm, I'm really talking about publicists that that have the real contacts, not somebody that's just going to, uh, you know, take a $50 or a hundred dollar payment from you and blast to their 50,000 contacts that they really don't have a relationship with. So, um, you want to make sure that you can fine tune that, that list of, um, credible public relation people, um, and publicists to talk to before going forward and spending, um, actual money. Um, also how to stand out from the pack. I would suggest listening to the podcast that I have, um, uh, with Earth Gang, we kind of went into some ideas on how to stand out uh, from the rest of the pack early on in that podcast. So definitely check that one out. Um, and let's see, what's the difference between giving it giving it all you have and trying too hard? That's a very good question. Um, so that's almost difficult for me to ask because with trying too hard, um, it's almost just it's a feeling, you know, it's something that somebody can can see. And, and it's more so, um, I guess you can say it's subjective. It's, it's, it's up to the person. Right. Um, if they think that you're trying too hard. Uh, so that, that's a very gray area and, and something I may want to think about a little bit more. Um, but the first thing that initially comes to mind is that given it your all, you, you have to define what's your all. You know, um, are you going to your extreme limits? Um, are you pushing the max, um, your budget to the max? Are you um, doing as many shows as you possibly can on, on what you have? Uh, those are the things that, that, you know, can really go forward. Now, if your question is talking about in performing or, you know, as far as putting on a bit of, of a persona, then uh, for, for that, I would say that you want to try to keep, and me personally, I, I suggest that you keep your, your, um, your quote unquote persona as close as to you as you possibly can. Um, that way, you know, it is what it is, right? We know that it's entertainment, but the truth is hip hop is kind of viewed as real, um, a little bit more than, than other genres of music. People look at you and really think that that is your lifestyle. So I would try to make sure that I don't, um, stray as far away from who you are as a person, 
um, try to stay there as close as you can. Uh, and, and the only reason why I say that is because people really view your music that way. And so if you are, quote unquote, this um, mob boss or, you know, have this flamboyant personality on record and then when somebody meets you, you're the complete opposite, then that can kind of sway your fans a different way. So I would try to stay as close to, to the person that you are on record um, as possible, you know, um, with personality wise. And I understand that maybe you want to be bothered. That's that's a different thing. But if you're somebody that's really a uh, recluse person, then being very outgoing and, and talking about going to, you know, clubs and stuff like that, when you're really not a club goer, then that's to me, that's sending mixed signals. So I would definitely uh, try to s stray away from that as much as possible. Um, let's see, do I have anything on Facebook here? Um, some person said we trust what your, your advice uh so we're gonna just go off of that shout out to mike um big mike man he, he's definitely somebody if you're in atlanta you should get in contact with he has a wealth of knowledge um he's been around the music industry for quite some time and and really knows his stuff you know we um we came into college together and back in 02 and we even interned um at dtp together so this dude definitely somebody that you want to you know get to know if you don't know him already um but that that looks like that's about it so um until next time I, I definitely appreciate you guys for listening um if you heard this podcast and you found it interesting and this is your first time listening then number one thank you for listening number two feel free to subscribe on itunes um rate and review i can't stress the rate and review portion um enough like we really need that in order to show some presence online and it really helps with our ratings and more people getting this information that we're trying to give out so definitely um like i say if you do like it rate um subscribe and uh and tell somebody you know leave a short review it's only you know only a couple of sentences and and it literally takes you you know, maybe two minutes to do, and you can probably do it quicker than that. So, but it would mean the world to us if you could do that. So I definitely, um, just want to say thank you in advance for doing that. Um, other than that, you know, we will be back next week. And Oh, I know you guys are probably noticing that, Hey, these podcasts have been coming out on Thursday. That is on purpose. I don't want you to think that I'm being late. Um, it, I just wanted to try to test out a new date. Um, and so 2016, it looks like we're going to go on a Thursday, my reasons for it is just honestly, my schedule has been kind of crazy during the weekend. So pushing it back um, one day has really helped out move some things around and, and it's very helpful. And it's a less crowded day as well. You know, it's kind of toward the end of the week. You've already been um, burned out with podcasts and other stuff during the week. So you can kind of get that toward the end of the week rush out the way and you can um, have something to kind of sit through through the weekend and kind of use this stuff to implement it uh, through your career. And I think that may be a little bit helpful. But if you don't think Thursday is a good day, hey, let me know. You can email me at podcast at straight out dot com. I'm on all things social media at Straight Out the Den, uh, S-T-R, the number eight, O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N. Uh, and so like I always say, if you guys have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes a reality. With that being said, I'm Jay Gutter, Straight Out the Den. We out.